praise the name of Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you'll remain standing for a moment. Thank you, Brother Townley. It's great to be in camp meeting again on this Wednesday night. Enjoyed the services Monday night and yesterday and last night and today. Appreciate Brother Alviar's preaching. Mighty preaching, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen. And uh, great preaching in this camp, Brother Alviar, and great fellowship. I've enjoyed fellowship with the ministers. Great group of preachers here. All the saints of God and young people in this place ought to value, and I'm sure you do, and appreciate the ministry that uh, that is on this platform and scattered throughout this audience. We appreciate the preachers very much, and I want to echo also that and say that um, those that have organized the meeting have done a fantastic job. Thank you for allowing me the privilege to come. Amen. 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 I appreciate so much you allowing me the privilege to come and be here. I've looked forward to coming for a long time and so happy that I can be here. And thank you to the good men of God that invited me. And the good fellowship, good food, nice room, everything's been great. What a beautiful campground and what a great place to worship God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Good to see my longtime friend, Brother O.C. Marler, here. Brother Marler and I have been friends for years, and I'm happy to see him here tonight. Good to see him along with all the rest of you. God bless you. Amen. Would you open your Bibles with me for a little while tonight? <laughs> I'd like to uh, turn to Second uh, Timothy chapter number 4. Second Timothy chapter number 4. How many appreciate the truth tonight? How many appreciate the Word of God tonight? Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. You cannot know a lie. You cannot know a lie. The Bible said you can believe a lie, but you can't know a lie. But you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm glad you can know this marvelous truth tonight. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Our scripture reading tonight is in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 10. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, his son of the faith, and he said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed, and is departed to Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, or Galatia, Galatia, whichever one you want to call it, Titus until Dalmatia. Now this scripture has been read, preached from, talked about often. Paul said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. He left the ministry, leadership of the tremendous Apostle Paul. He, went, he left and got away from the church. He departed. It must have been a very grievous thing for Paul to have written these words that Demas has forsaken me. But he said something there in that verse that he has departed, and he didn't just say he's departed, but he told us where he went. He said, Demas has forsaken me, and he loved the present world, and he's departed unto Thessalonica. So tonight, with that in mind, I want to preach for a little while. My subject would be, the church was there. The church was there. For the weeks, won't you come and pray for us? Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that's in this place. Thank you for your messenger that you've sent to us. 
God, we pray that you'd give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say unto the church. Let all of heaven come down in this place today and anoint us, O God. Anoint your man of God. Anoint the lips of clay as he speaks the word and anoint our hearts to receive it. Let the power of God sweep across this house. Lord, let there be souls filled with the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. Lord, let us all be renewed in your spirit. We praise you. We thank you. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. One. Everybody give praise to the Lord tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. God bless you. It must have been a very sad day in the life of the Apostle Paul when he had to write to Timothy and say, Demas has forsaken me. You know, uh, that I can see in the Scripture, Demas' name is mentioned maybe three times in the Scripture. In the book of Philemon, it only has one chapter in verse number 24, he talks about Demas and calls him my fellow laborer. Demas was a fellow laborer. Then in Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 4, he talks about Demas again. Colossians, Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 14. He said, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. So in Philemon, he talks about Demas being a fellow laborer. In Colossians, he said, Demas sends his greetings to the church. So evidently, Demas was held in pretty high esteem. He was held in pretty high regard. To get the Apostle Paul to mention his name two or three times, he must have been closely connected and associated with the ministry of the Apostle Paul. But now then, he writes these words. The third time that I read about Demas, he said, Demas has forsaken me. How sad that is. I pastored a church long enough to know that there will be some people that will leave the church. But thank God for those that come back. Amen. And if you've got a relative or a friend tonight that is backslidden away from God, I want to preach to you tonight a message of what I, what I would like for it to be a message of hope and a message of faith. That in this hour, there is a revival of backsliders. Amen. Praise God. In, um, in recent months, may be seated. Recent months, I've seen several backsliders come back to God. That's always an exciting time. It's a thrilling time for a pastor and for the church to see people that have been away from God come back to God. I would tell you, and you might even be listening on Holy Ghost Radio, I have a first cousin down in the state of Texas that he was in church for a long time and did great. If he was here tonight, he would tell you his testimony. He got away from God. His wife stayed in church. He got away from God, and, and he stayed gone away from the church for 30 years. For 30 years. His wife stayed committed. His wife stayed faithful and uh, kept praying for him. About, uh, I'm guessing, about three, four, or four years ago, I was, uh, I was out on the parking lot of our church doing a little work out there, and my, my phone rang. And on the other end of the line was Dean. He said, Johnny? I said, yeah. He said, this is Dean. I said, hey, Dean, how are you doing? He's my first cousin. He said, I got some good news for you. I said, what's that? He said, I prayed back through to the Holy Ghost last night. <laughs> Praise God. Maybe seated. After 30 years of being away from God, away from the church, he had a wife that prayed. She kept holding on. She kept believing God. And I think if we're going to see backsliders come back to God, 
somebody has got to hold on in their behalf. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm happy to tell you, he's been back in church four years or whatever. Time flies so fast. I don't guess he's missed a single service since then. After 30 years, he's living for God. If your husband, your wife, your child, your brother, your sister, your parent gets away from God, I'm telling you that there is hope tonight. Praise God. Somebody clap your hands and shout hallelujah with you. Amen. You may be seated. Now, when he said, Demas has forsaken me, he adds this little P.S. to it. Having loved this present world. Now, the love of the world gets a lot of people. The love of the world, the things of the world, causes many a man, one young person, to get away from God, and away from the church, and away from the truth. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, once you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, then you'll never be the same again. Once you know this marvelous message of truth, you'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. He said... Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. But there's one thing I noticed there, Brother Townley. He didn't say, there's no hope for him. He didn't say, he's forever gone. He didn't say, he had blasphemed the Holy Ghost. He said he's left the church, but I'm telling you, there's a door open for every person that leaves the church. Hallelujah. We're not out to kill and destroy. We're out to save. And God had rather save you than to judge you. I said God had rather save you than to judge you. The church is in the people business. The church is in the soul winning business. And may God give us tonight the spiritual impetus to go after every soul. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. John 2 and 15, 1 John 2 said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, every sin you can think of is, is identified in these three categories. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. All three of those were present in the garden. All three of them were present in the Garden of Eden. And they're still present today. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. I want to tell you tonight, even though Demas had left the church, there was still a door open to him to come back. Hallelujah. And I think it's uh, exciting to note that Paul said, uh, I think with some joy in his heart, because he knew where he was going. He said, uh, Demas has left us, but he's gone to Thessalonica. Now, the point is, there was a great church in Thessalonica. Somebody in Thessalonica was going to try to reach him. Hallelujah. Maybe seated. In first, let me read it to you. First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 2. Paul said this, We give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. Now he said to the church at Thessalonica, we thank God for you. We know who you are. Verse 3, he said, remembering without ceasing. Notice, we know that without stopping. We know about your work of faith. We know about your labor of love. We know about your patience of hope. We know that when it comes to the hope that is in Christ Jesus, you've got some patience. 
You're willing to work with people. You're willing to help people. You're willing to go out of your way for people. You're willing to spend and be spent for the gospel's sake. And Paul was commending the Stesonikon church. Amen. And he said, I remember your work of faith. I remember your labor of love. I remember your patience of hope in the Lord Jesus, in the sight of God our Father. Knowing, uh, brethren, beloved, your election of God, uh, you are a chosen people. Verse 5, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance. And you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Now Paul's writing to the Thessalonian church, and he's saying, be your followers, you became followers of us and of the Lord. I like that in verse 6. He said to this church, you became followers of us and the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I don't want preacher's religion. You're right. But you're going to have to have a man of God to get you to heaven. Hallelujah. The preacher can't save you. There's only one Savior, that's Jesus Christ. But the preacher brings the message of hope and deliverance and redemption and salvation. Paul, you may be seeing, Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having yet in ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But he said, watch thou in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. Hallelujah. Do the work of an evangelist. What is the work of an evangelist? I guess you could say the work of an evangelist is to reach out to the lost. When the evangelist comes to your church, he's reaching for the unsaved. He's reaching for the backslider. He's trying to stir those that are cold. He's trying to stir those that are lukewarm in heart. You, um, you may not have anybody in Georgia that ever gets lukewarm. But brother, let me tell you, in North Carolina and other places, there's some people sometimes that get lukewarm. And Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. God's not looking for a backslidden church. God's not looking for a helpless, weak, anemic church. God's not looking for a church that is vacillating back and forth and compromising. But he's looking for a strong church that will believe the truth. Somebody say praise the Lord. Maybe seated, but here's the thing. Paul said, you became followers of us and then of God. You got to get the message through a man of God. You get to know God and you're introduced to God through the man of God. Preach the word. Amen. Thank God for his word tonight. It's the word that saves us. Hallelujah. Thank God for men that are preachers of the Word of God. Thank God for every God-called preacher. Thank God for every God-called pastor. Thank God for every God-called evangelist. Hallelujah. Maybe seated. You know, earlier when I was starting uh, the first church that we started, the Home Mission Church, I worked on a, a public job for five years, and one of the jobs that I had was selling insurance. I went to insurance school in Kansas City, Missouri with the old American Insurance Company. And one thing they taught me there was that if you're going to sell insurance, they've got to believe in you. They've got to believe in you. And that was never illustrated to me more vividly than one day I went to a country house and uh, these people had requested somebody to come and talk to them about insurance. I wound up going to their house and selling them a million dollar insurance policy. Now, I didn't make that. 
But I sold them a million dollar insurance policy. And when I got through, it's an older couple. When I got through, I, I had them to sign it. They gave me a check for the premium. And I started out the door. And the gentleman said, by the way, mister, he said, what company are we with? I said, what? He said, what company is this with? Amen. You know what it says? You've got to sell yourself before you can sell your product. Let me tell you, we need some men and women and young people that are willing to be good ambassadors for Christ. Representing Jesus. Well, praise God, somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Let me come back to verse 7. He said, so that you, talking to the Thessalonican church, so that you were in samples or examples to all that believe in Macedonia and in Achaia. And from you, notice, Paul is commending this church. He said, from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. In every place your faith to God would have spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. He said, I don't need to say anymore. I don't need to recommend you or commend you anymore. He said, from your church has sounded out the word of the Lord to everybody you can reach. Hey, Demas, you may leave Paul, but there's going to be a church in Thessalonica that's not going to give up on you. Some way through the spiritual grapevine, somebody's going to hear in Thessalonica that you were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, and you may be hiding on the dark side of town, but somebody is going to get the Word, and God's going to touch your heart. Worship the Lord with me tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Paul knew that when Demas got there, the church would be there. I've got confidence there's a good church in Thessalonica. I've got confidence that that church has a burden for souls. I've got confidence they sound out the Word of God. I've got confidence they have passion for the lost. I've got confidence that they care about people. Hallelujah. And you may think, Demas, that you're going to go to Thessalonica and you're going to get a job and you're going to hide over here somewhere and sort of get this thing about the church out of your mind. But let me tell you something, sir. There's a church over there that's red hot. They're apostolic. They're on fire. Hallelujah. I said the church was there. If you're going to leave your church, I hope you go somewhere where there's a red hot Jesus name apostolic church that will not give up on you. You may be seated. A little girl about 14 or 15 was in church in New Brunswick several years ago and uh, she uh, uh, parents quit the church she backslid she had the Holy Ghost she got away from the church and she went ahead went to school got married had a family and moved to North Carolina amen I'm a long ways from that apostolic church in New Brunswick here we are hundreds of miles south down in North Carolina Hallelujah. But a preacher went, and by this time she is the vice president of a bank. Amen. And a preacher walks in one day, and uh, make a long story short, he said, Ma'am, we need to make a loan for our church. And uh, she said, What church is it? He said, The first Pentecostal church. She said, Oh, my Lord, haven't heard that word in years. She said, Do you baptize in Jesus' name? Preacher said, Yeah. He, she said, do you believe in the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues? Preacher said, yeah. She started crying, sat behind her desk as vice president of the lending department. And she said, I used to be in that kind of church when I was a teenager. 
make a long story short, within three weeks, her and her husband, who'd never been in Pentecost, were, were in the church. He was baptized. They both were filled with the Holy Ghost and living for God. The church was there. The church was there. You may be seen. Let me tell you, every person that walks in the doors of your church is important. Hallelujah. I hope I can impact you with this tonight. Every man that walks in the doors of your church, I don't care if you have 10 or 50 or 500, every soul that comes in is important. Every man is important. Every woman is important. Every young person is important. Every child is important. Hallelujah. One of the, you may be seated. One of the girls, teenage girls in our church, been inviting a girl to church. And Sunday she got baptized in Jesus' name. Last night I wasn't even there, but God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Somebody invited her to church. Somebody took the time to say, I love you. Another lady walked in our doors last night. She said, I've been driving by here. I've been thinking about coming in, but I've never been one time. First time ever in a Pentecostal church. And before the service was over, she was filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues last night. I'm going to tell you, every soul is precious. Every soul is valuable. Every soul is important. Every church needs a soul-winning mentality. You may be seated. The devil makes some people think, well, nobody wants God anymore. That's not true. And I know churches go through stages. I pastored for 52 years. 42 in Durham and 10 and a half in Missouri. I pastored long enough, Brother Marler, to know that every church is not going to stay on the mountaintop all the time. There's going to be services where nobody's getting baptized in Jesus' name. There's going to be services where nobody's getting the Holy Ghost. There's going to be weeks where nobody looks like is coming to God. Sometimes you're losing more at the back door than you're gaining in the front door. But in those crucial times in the life of a church, the preacher has got to stay faithful. And the saints have got to stay faithful. And the prayer room has got to be alive. Hallelujah. I said there needs to be some life in the prayer room. There needs to be somebody crying out to God. Begging God for revival in your church. Begging God for a move of the Spirit. Somebody lift your hands and worship God with me. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody worship God with me. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and second, you may be seen, Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. Paul come back again, uh, commending this Thessalonian church. And he said, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Your love is bountiful. You're not slack in loving others. You're not slothful about reaching out to others, so that we ourselves glory in you. In the patience, or in the churches of God for your patience, your faith, your persecution, your tribulation that you endure. Paul said, whatever it is you've gone through, you, I've got to commend you. You've been faithful. You've been committed. And, and your love has been abounding toward every person. Hallelujah. I can tell you, Demas, you may leave Paul and your desire may be at that moment to never come back to church again. But there's a church in Thessalonica that will not give up on you. Oh, I think we ought to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Maybe seated. You see, the church must never lose its apostolic identity. I said the church must never lose its apostolic identity and flavor. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your pastor don't preach separation of the world just to have something to say. Your pastor knows that when God gave you the Holy Ghost, you have the Spirit of God in a human vessel. And your body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God. And you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, in your body, in your body, and in your spirit which belong to God. Please be seated. You can't glorify God in your body with a can of beer in your hand. You can't glorify God in your body by shooting drugs into your veins. You can't glorify God in your body by having a cigarette in your mouth. You can't glorify God in your body by committing fornication and adultery. Hallelujah. The Bible said you're not your own. You don't belong to yourself. Your body becomes the tabernacle. It becomes the housing. It becomes the dwelling place. It becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost. And your temple is to be clean, is to be holy, is to be righteous. Yes, Maybe see the backslider came to our church a few years ago and he'd been out of church by his own words, 15 years. Came as a young man, got away from God and stayed 15 years. And he came back one night, I was at home, somebody called me and said, called this boy's name, said he's in a prayer room praying. Man, now, married man said he's in a prayer room praying. I went over there and he prayed back through the Holy Ghost. And I said, what is it that's been drawing you? He looked at me and he said, Pastor, you know the main thing that drew me? He said, uh, I've been watching this church ever since I've been gone and said you hadn't changed any at all. Let me tell you, it's a compliment anymore for somebody to say you're not changing. This is not a watered down, loose living, charismatic church. This is a Jesus name, apostolic, one God church. My Lord, I feel His presence here tonight. You don't have to apologize, girls, because you have long, uncut hair. You don't have to apologize because you don't paint your face up. You don't have to apologize for your absence of jewelry. You don't have to apologize, fellas, because you don't have long hair. It's your mark of identity. It's your mark of identity. Apostolics, don't lose your identity. I said don't lose your identity. In a changing world, let's preach the changeless gospel of the word. In a world that's watered down, religion and compromise, till you hardly recognize it. Thank God for churches that are still preaching the truth. They're not vacillating. They're not compromising. They're not changing. They're not backing up. They're not giving in. They're not giving out. They're still preaching the word. If you're a part of that kind of church, lift your hands and praise God. Maybe seated. Somebody said, well, nobody wants to hear the Word of God anymore. We're saved by the Word of God. But sometimes it makes a difference how you present it. God didn't call me to send everybody to hell. God called me to get folks to heaven. If I, Brother Townley, if I took a 
nice 16-ounce ribeye steak. And I took it and held it up to you. And I said, how do you like that? And you said, that looks great. If I took that and hit you across the face with it, with that beautiful steak, well, I'd be afraid of what you do. I, I'd hope that your Holy Ghost would work in you. But you know what? I could take that same steak, 16-ounce ribeye, and I could put it out on the grill, and I could season it right, and I could cook it, and I could get a baked potato, and I'd get a salad, and I could serve you. And you'd say, praise God, that's a good meal. Hallelujah. Come on, apostolics. We've got a great meal to serve, but we've got to serve it right, in the right heart, in the right manner, in the right spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe seated. Little lady left her country church where they shouted. They said, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And her husband was unsaved and he moved her to the city. And she looked around for a church in that particular city. She couldn't find one that had that liberty. She longed for, looked forward to the day she could go back home. Finally, he said, we're moving back to our, to our community. And so they moved back. She couldn't wait. She couldn't wait to get in the church. Several years had passed. She couldn't wait to come back in a church where she could say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, worship God and shout. I still believe in shouting. I still believe in dancing in the spirit. I still believe in speaking with tongues. I still believe in a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. I still believe in the gifts of the spirit. Maybe seated. So um, she couldn't wait till she got back. The church sat down at the bottom of the hill, little country church. And she thought, man, I can't wait. Got ready that first night. Went back to church. What she didn't know, Brother Alviar, was that several changes had taken place in that church. Now then, they were not, they were being sophisticated and they were not allowing them to say amen. They were not. I heard a man in my hometown in Durham on the radio and he said if anybody shouts or dances in this church I would try to speak in tongues he said you ushers get them and get them out of here real quick you know what we fear the things we don't understand I said we fear the things we don't understand hallelujah if you understood the working of the spirit you wouldn't try to suppress it you would embrace it maybe see so now then, this particular country church, they're not shouting, they're not dancing, they're not doing what they did. And so she walked in. On the first song, she said, praise the Lord. She started worshiping God. The usher came to her and tapped on the shoulder and said, ma'am, said, uh, you know, we don't do that here anymore. And said, uh, you know, you just go ahead and worship God in a quiet way. But don't, don't, no, no outward demonstration. She thought, well, what in the world happened? Changes took place. And so then they sang another song in a while. She jumped up, clapped her hands, started singing and praising the Lord. The usher tapped on his shoulder and said, come with me. And he led her outside. He said, ma'am, I have instructions from the pastor. If anybody shows a demonstration like that, we're to lead them out the door. So her heart was heavy and sad. She walked away and went up to the top of the hill. Hallelujah, Brother Marler. She got to the top of the hill. Her heart was heavy and she was still trying to praise the Lord. And uh, she looked down that hill and said, God, there's the building. But here goes the church. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's the building. But here goes the church. I'm going to tell you, it's time to shout. It's time to dance. It's time to run the aisles. It's time to talk in tongues. It's time to praise the Lord. It's time to win the lost. It's time to have church. It's time to have revival. Glory! Somebody shout hallelujah! Somebody shout hallelujah! Hey, Demas, when you leave me, you're going to a red-hot town with an apostolic church in it. They're going to do their best to reach you. The church was there. You may be seated. What about the story of Luke 15, the prodigal son? We talk a lot about him. I'll make it brief. 
The prodigal son, you know, the story went to his father and said, give me all the goods that's coming to me. And he gave them and he left and he went on a far journey. And we know the story how he spent all. He spent everything he had wound up in the hog pen. Let me tell you, the devil wants to take you down. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want it to stay. And it'll make you do things you never thought you'd do. Hallelujah. The sinners that are trying to entice you to sin are not your friends. Young people, don't run with sinner friends. Don't run with backsliders. Pray for them, love them, try to reach them, but don't go where they go and do what they do. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what I decided when I was a teenager. I got the Holy Ghost when I was almost 16. I was still in high school. I went ahead and finished high school there. I was the only one in my high school class baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. When it come to going and doing what they wanted to do, I found out right quick that I'd rather be by myself than to be in wrong company. I said, I'd rather be by myself than to be with the wrong crowd. They're going to entice you. They're going to influence you. They're going to allure you. They're going to, they're going to help draw you away from God and the church. Stay with the church. Stay with the preacher. Stay with the saints. And so, maybe see it. So, he went out there in the hog pen. He came to himself. Let me tell you tonight, church, there are a lot of people right now and in these next few months that are seeing the condition of the world and they're going to come to themselves. Hallelujah. I'm not prophesying. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. There's going to be people in your town that's going to come to themselves. And they're going to say, I'm, the devil has run my life. He's trying to make a mess out of my life. But I'm going to go back to church. I'm going to get back to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the prodigal son, as we call him, he came to himself and he said, My father has got servants. Servants, mind you, that are eating meat and bread. And I perish with hunger. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my father's house. And I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Now I'm going to tell you, when if you're a backslider, you come back to God, there's got to be the admission, I have sinned. You can't just slip back in and fit back in without praying through. Call me old-fashioned, if you will, but if a backslider comes back to church, there's got to be a spiritual renewal in the life. You don't come back to church one week and jump back in the choir the next week. Hallelujah. And so he said, you may be seated, he said, my father's got servants. I'm, I'm, it's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, Father, he had a speech already made up. I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven before heaven against you. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Just make me as one of the hired servants. Put me out in the servants' quarters. I'm not worthy to be in the house. Amen. But brother, when his attitude changed, then something took place in that situation. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just need an attitude change. God's not against you. Just because your preacher preaches the Word of God, he don't hate you. He's not against you. The best friend you've got is a man of God that will tell you the truth. I said the best friend you've got is a man of God that will preach you the Word. Boy, in the prayer room that night said, I said, what brought you back? He said, Pastor, I noticed that nothing's changed here. He said, y'all are still just like you were. 
I went 15 years away. He said, but I, I notice you still preach the same thing. Y'all still live the same life. You still dress the same way. You hadn't changed like the rest of them are changing. You're still the same. And I said, when I want to come back to church, I want to go back to where it's the original. It's the right thing. Hallelujah. His father saw him coming, the prodigal son, and he ran to meet him. When you get ready to come back to church, there's a preacher, there's a pastor, there's a shepherd, there's some saints that'll meet you and greet you and love you and pray for you. And his father ran to meet him and he gave his prepared speech. He was about to and his father, of course, told him to come on in the house. My son was lost. He's found. He's been away and now he's here. Hallelujah. There's a heavenly father that's waiting. In this camp meeting tonight, if there's a backslider, your heavenly father's waiting. There's a preacher on this platform or in this audience that's waiting for you to pray. There are, there are saints here that would love for you to pray. Maybe it's a dad or mom. Maybe it's a brother or sister. Maybe it's your husband or wife. But there's somebody that's waiting for you to pray. Hallelujah. And when you make that step toward God and the church, somebody is going to be there lifting up your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going back to my father's house. I'm going back to my father's house. Well, you've been gone for a good while. Perhaps the house is burned down. Maybe the house is burned down. Maybe daddy's not the same anymore. No, he had confidence. When I go back, the house is going to be the same. And daddy's going to be the same. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell somebody the best I know how tonight that there's a God that loves you and cares for you. He wants you to be saved. So we need a church that still retains its apostolic identity. Remember this, young people. When a Christian girl dates a sinner boy, she's asking for trouble. When a Christian boy dates an unsaved girl, you're asking for trouble. Make sure they're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Make sure they're living for God. Make sure they didn't just get into church to get you and then jump out. Make sure they love God. They love the church. Hallelujah. So if you do that, you're asking for trouble. When church members of any age criticize the pastor and pull the man of God to pieces, you're asking for trouble. It will hinder the work of God. When you have roast preacher for dinner and barbecued preacher for supper, you're asking for trouble. When you go to another church on Sunday night just to show your pastor that you're not tied to him, you're asking for trouble. God's looking for men and women that'll be faithful, that'll be committed. You've got a home church. Thank God for a home church. Everybody here, everybody here ought to thank God for a home church. Hallelujah. Brother Hamby, come to the keyboard. I, I'm afraid if you don't start to play a little bit, I'll preach too long here. You may be seated for a moment. Hallelujah. 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 But I do feel the presence of Almighty God here tonight. When they come back to church, it's a church that still retains its apostolic identity. They need to come back to a church that retains its apostolic worship. We still worship. We still pray. We're not dry, dead, dull, and boring. The church ought to be active, zealous, and alive with Holy Ghost power.
It don't matter what your worldly friends think about your shouting. Keep on shouting. It don't matter what your unsaved friends think about your worship. Keep on worshiping. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let's retain our apostolic identity. Let's retain our apostolic worship. Let's retain our love for souls. Let's retain our love for souls. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's not how smart I am in the Scripture. It's how much of the love of God flowing from my heart. Do you have it? Are you reaching for others? Do you reach for your buddies and friends? Do you try to win souls on your job? Hallelujah. We started passing out church cards. We've always done it. But when Brother Ken Bo came to our church 15 years ago, 14 years ago, we got serious about it. He challenged us. Since in the last 14 years, our church has passed out 1.2 million church cards. I'm not exaggerating. We passed out 1.2 million. Hallelujah. You say, is it help? There's somebody over here that got a church card. There's somebody here, somebody here, somebody here. Hallelujah. We ought to run a bus route. We ought to run a van route. We ought to use our automobile to reach people. We ought to pass out church cards. We ought to teach a Bible study. We ought to go to a jail. We ought to go to a prison. We ought to go to a rest home. Let's all stand and praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. 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 When backsliders get away from the church, they made some bad choices. They decided to go a different direction. When they decide to live for God, they need to know that there's a church that hasn't changed. I was raised in a town of 3,000 people, almost 3,500 in Missouri. I didn't say 1,000, I said 100. I was raised there my first 18 years of my life. In fact, out in the country most of the time. But that was coming town on Saturday, Brother Marlon, was a big deal. You remember that? Folks came to church, a town on Saturday. Remember that? Oh, that's a big deal. Hey, man, I worked in the cotton fields all week, and Daddy gave me a quarter. I bought a hamburger and a Coke and a bag of popcorn for a quarter. And I was as happy as I could be. Couldn't hardly do that nowadays. Hallelujah. Amen. But I was raised in the little town in Missouri, 3,000 people. There was a boy I went to school with. Never came to church. Not one time. Not one time. He lived on the next block. On the next block from the church. You could see the church from his house. And he never came to church. Went all the way through school. Never came to church. And he thought, well, his grandmother came to church. She kept saying, come to church. Come to church. No, no, no. Come to church. No, I'm having a good time. No, no. Come to church. No, I'm not coming. So he went in the military and wound up in K-Town, Kaiserslautern, West Germany. In the military. I went over there to preach a European conference down in the city auditorium in downtown Kaiserslautern. And uh, on the very first night of that, young man came up to me and I thought, man, I'm in Germany, but I know you. He came to me and said, do you remember me? I said, yeah. He said, you know, I'm so-and-so. I live on the block from the church. My grandmother was Sister Lassure. I said, yeah, I remember. He said, you know, I never would come to that church. Y'all talked to me. My grandma talked to me. Everybody prayed for me. And I never would come. He said, you know what I did? I came to Germany. And I thought, well, I'll get away from all of that. My grandma and all of her religion and all that church. And they said, I came to Germany. And he said, I got stationed here. And he said, the first week I was in my Dorm, barracks, whatever they called it there. He said, somebody knocked on the door. In Kaiserslautern, West Germany, somebody knocked on my door. And they said, I'd just like to invite you to our church. And he said, 
What kind of church is it? He said, a Pentecostal church. He said, my God, you can't get away from it. He said, since I came to Germany, I've repented. I've been baptized. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm living for God. You can't hide. Demas, you may leave the church, but there's a church in Thessalonica that's going to be knocking on your door. Brother Winford Black, you remember him, he's dead now. Pastored in Kansas City, Missouri. Went over there to start a home mission church. Started a brand new church. On his fifth anniversary, had a thousand and five in Sunday school. Remember that? On his fifth anniversary. My Lord, on my fifth anniversary, we had 20. <laughs> Amen. But he was the soul winner. He knocked on a bunch of doors and his wife did. She'd go out and clean up the kids on Sunday morning, put their clothes on them, give them a bath, and bring them to church. And uh, he knocked on the door one day, and a lady came to the door, and he said, Ma'am, I'd like to tell you and invite you to my church. She said, I don't want none of your blankety-blank religion. But she filled in the blanks. And so you'd have to know him. And uh, I don't recommend this, but he left, went around to the back door of the same house. and Same house. Knocked on the door. She opened the door and was about to cuss him out. He said, ma'am, would you happen to know that grouchy lady that lives in the front part of this house? She stood there a minute thinking. She said, well, come on in. Three weeks later, baptized, had the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah There's somebody in your school That needs God There's somebody on your block That needs God There's somebody There's somebody on your job That needs God There's a church In Thessalonica Demas You can't hide from the church Brother Black accidentally dropped a church track on the ground. A man from Ethiopia was there for college and going back home. He looked at that track, saw the address, came and got baptized and got the Holy Ghost. And he said, my people in Ethiopia need God. This was back in the early 60s. He said, my people need God. He went back to Ethiopia. And uh, Brother Black went over there and preached to him preach to those people. Amen. And then he went back every year, three or four years. After three years, they had 50 churches and several hundred members out of one little track. Out of one little gospel track. I'm going to tell you, friend, don't underestimate the value of a card, a track, a Bible study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking before I close, I was thinking about a pastor friend of mine in Illinois. He still pastors the state of Illinois. His son, I knew his son, he backslid and got away from God. He said, I don't want nothing to do with the church. Nothing. Let his hair grow long. Just did what the world's doing, probably drinking. I don't know what all he did, but got away from God. And he likewise went in the military. And they stationed him. In 29 Palms, California. Some of you may have been there. Out in the desert. He got there. Told me later. His dad told me and he told me. He got there and went in his place where he lived. And it wasn't two or three weeks so somebody knocked on his door. And said, I'd like to invite you to church. And said, what kind of church is it? said, Pentecostal church. He stood at the door, he told me, and said, My God, I told the person knocking on the door, you can't get away from you people. He prayed back through, got the Holy Ghost. Man, living for God the last time I heard. Let me tell you something, friend. You can't get away from God. You can't get away from the church. You can't get away from the truth. Demas, Demas, you may have left. 
But there's a church in Thessalonica. I think somebody ought to worship God tonight. I think somebody ought to Come on, the church has got the answer. The church is the answer. Don't leave the church. Don't depart from the church. Stay in the church in the good times. Stay in the church in the bad times. Stay in the church. When your friends leave, stay in the church. When your relatives leave, stay in the church. Somebody ought to shout in this place tonight. Sing it. I'm a Somebody